Hello and welcome back to the West Bank Bible Church podcast. Thank you for being here. Today we're going to be looking at the doctrine of fear and respect. Uh, don't not sure we're going to get through the entire thing today, but if not, we'll finish it up next week. Uh, it'll be an outline out there for you. You can go to westbankbiblechurch.com and get that. As usual, this is every week before we begin. As is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1, 9, as may or may not be necessary. Father, we're grateful for the privilege of having 1 John 1, 9 in order that we can learn because the Bible clearly teaches that if we'll name our sin back to you, God, as the Holy Spirit shows, uh, we'll be filled with the Spirit, and thus teachable. So uh, help us to be ever mindful of our need to use hamalageo, uh, the word for fear, as we teach the doctrine of fear and respect. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. What the Bible teaches about fear is somewhat enigmatic. We are told to fear God, and yet we are also told perfect love casts out all fear. C.S. Lewis provides in his own special way an answer to the dilemma. How can you fear God and yet confidently trust him for your every need. In his book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis writes of two children searching for their brother. The brothers under the spell of a wicked witch. They are desperate for help when they hear that the Lion King of Narnia is on the move. The lion in his book is symbolic of Christ, the God-man. The children both fear and respect the lion king, hoping he might help them. One of the children says, Ooh, said Susan, is he safe? I feel quite nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he ain't safe, but he's good. He's the king. Christ, as the Lion of Judah, is quite the companion, strong, bold, perfect, and devoted to his pride. But better yet, my Christian friend, he is good. The more we surrender to fear, the more things we will fear. The more things we will surrender to fear, the greater our capacity for fear. The greater our capacity for fear, the more we increase the power of fear in our life. The more we increase the power of fear in our life, the harder it becomes to grow in his God's grace. 
fear can be a sin or an evil in our life. Fear as a sin can be handled easily. Just name it to God and move on. Fear which becomes evil, that's another matter. If we let the sin of fear stick around, it will become an evil, a terrible mental attitude sin which is both irrational and irresponsible, and thus a terrible distraction breeding failure and unhappiness. That man should fear and respect God is an established principle. <clears throat> In one sense, however, as his, that is, God's prized possession, the regenerate man with doctrine, should bask in the fact that God is our shield and our very great reward. In another sense, God is not to be mocked or tempted. After his deliverance, says Genesis 15, 1, that is his deliverance of Lot, the word of the Lord came unto Avram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Avram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. The carnal man, in contrast, is like an animal left to provide for himself in fear, protected from death, but left to live in, as, or better said, to, but left to live as an object of God's discipline. Lot feared to travel the way God directed, says Genesis nineteen, seventeen through 19. David, tell us what those verses say. Genesis 19, verses 17 to 19 say, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not beyond thee, Neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains of Zoar. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. The closing chapter in the career of Lot is pitiful period, is a pitiful period full of fear and incest. Lot found himself evicted from his city of choice to live in fear of God and man. Zor is a city located on the south shore of the Dead Sea. Its king had been one of the kings who had earlier captured Lot, requiring Abraham to rescue both him and his family. Lot and his family failed miserably. Disaster, disgrace, despair, and death are written in their epitaph. On his tombstone, an appropriate inscription might have been, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The fear and the dread of appearing before a holy God are eliminated, or ought to be, 
in the life of a believer. There is no fear in love, agape, but perfect love derives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And 8.33 reads, Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. The answer, of course, not. A fear and reverence for God is one of the requirements of a leader. It was one of the requisites given to Moses as a character requirement. Leaders may fear, but it is what they do with fear that is important. An old World War II cliche, when speaking of what the British citizens did in response to the awful buzz bombings, fear knocked at the door, but courage answered. Exodus 18.21 Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. Romans 8.34 Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life and is at the right hand of God interceding for us Certainly not. The scriptures speak of the following kinds of fears. Holy fear, which amounts to awe or respect for the majesty and holiness of God. Said another way, godly fear is a deep and abiding respect because we know of his essence and attributes. But it has to be learned. Psalm 34, 11. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. David speaks of a fear which is clean and pure, one which creates joy in the heart and light to the eyes. Psalm 19, verses 8 and 9. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The command of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. The Bible, in several places, speaks of a reverential fear, which is, the, I guess, the basis of all true wisdom. Joy goes hand in hand with confidence on the road to happiness. Christians are to be joyful as we await the ecstatic and ultimate felicity and bliss at the end of our journey. The writer of Proverbs 1.7 and Psalm 111.10 both agree that fear and respect of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. 
Psalm 111.10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. Reverential fear provides respect for God's authorities. Such respect will be seen by others as a good witness. Others may want what you have. Psalm 2 verse 11 Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Proverbs 8.13 To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Second Corinthians 7.1 Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleave ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Philippians 2.12 Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We are to fear secular authority, for each has been established as God's agent to facilitate peace and prosperity within the nation. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 5. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore riseth the power, I'm sorry, resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. Such a fear is proper, but there is an insensate dread which should not be part of our makeup, worry, or anxiety without cause. Hebrew 13, 6, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. 1 Peter 2.18 Slaves, submit yourself to your masters with all respect, phobos, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Numbers 14.9 Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. 
Discipline from the Lord is very often painful, but also perfect. It is done in love. God knows our frame and therefore provides that which is needed. Romans 8.28 compared with 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Romans first, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And then 1 Thessalonians, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. A believer's fear of discipline and reverential respect for God should be parlayed into a productive walk with God. A walk with God can only be accomplished by means of the consistent use of the two power options. Discipline does not, must not be feared, but approached as an opportunity to learn. Proverbs 3.12, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Hebrews 12.6 and 7 and 8, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you, with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Revelation chapter 3 verse 19 and 20 but as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Fear is an essential element in the Christian life. Be it reverence of God, which is the beginning of wisdom, or an advised concern. First Peter one sixteen and seventeen because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, then pass the time of your sojourning in fear. Fabas. As believers, we are told to fear the failure of moving to spiritual maturity. Hebrews 4, 1, reading through verse 6, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the good news of God's grace preached, as well as unto the Exodus generation. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. 
For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words, quoting, And on the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again in the passage above he says, They shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in, that is, go into the land because of their disobedience. Israel didn't embrace the promise of God, and neither did they fear him. Israel received both national discipline, and even now, though in the main unaware, they await a time of Jacob's trouble, the tribulation period. Jeremiah 30, verses 6 and 7. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But old Jacob shall be saved out of it. Witnessing must be done with meekness and fear. First Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Meekness, in 1 Peter 3.15, is the Greek word protes, meaning gentleness or compassion. In this verse, fear is phobos, meaning respect and reverential fear. Witnessing is to be approached as a serious business, not to be done on the fly, but with gentleness, compassion, respect, and a healthy fear of God. There will be a very real fear of God's holiness on the part of those counted among the wicked, at the Lord's coming, says Isaiah 2, 10 and 11. Enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And Isaiah goes on in verse 19. And they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. And then our Lord in Luke, right, of course, in writing says in verse 25 of chapter 21. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea 
and the waves roaring, the hearts of men failing for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Revelation speaks of it in chapter 11, verses 10 and 11, and later in chapter 18. First, let's look at 10 and 11. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. That would have been Eliza and Moses reincarnated. After three days and a half, and the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. Revelation 18.10 and then verse 15, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, the merchants who had prospered so from her said, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. The merchants of those things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. In Psalm 14, verses 3, 4, and 5, the writer speaks of the need to fear if you choose to thumb your nose at God. And I'm going to read 3, 4, and 5. All have turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will evildoers, will evildoers never learn? Those who devour my people as men eat bread and who do not call on the Lord. There they are overwhelmed with fear, for God is present in the company of the righteous. Christians without doctrine are anxious and fearful as over against the mature believer who is confident and courageous. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1. The wicked man flees through no, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Though there is a place for fearing establishment, and there is a place for the fleeting emotion of fear. Those who do the will of God have no reason to fear. Fear is a legitimate response to a real danger. It is built into our souls to allow an appropriate response. For example, fleeing a wild animal, avoiding a poisonous snake, so on. Paul uses fear in a figurative sense. When he speaks of his concern that there is rampant reversionism among the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2, 3. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. 2 Corinthians eleven three, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, 
your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 and 21. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you, as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you <laughs> want me to be. I fear there may be quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, faction, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I am afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you. And I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin and debauchery in which they have indulged. Cowardice or timidity, as in a spirit of fear, is to be avoided. Second Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. John fourteen twenty seven and 28. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard now how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Matthew eight twenty six. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Fear can be a mental attitude sin a sin that creates an anxious dread in our soul. The faith rest mechanics are designed to counter the effects of both abnormal and normal fear. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Overcoming fear as a dominating force in one's life comes from Bible doctrine metabolized in the soul of the believer or overcomes, I might say. And I'm going to read Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Psalm 56, 3. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. Psalm fifty-six, eleven: In God I trust, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid what man can do to me. Hebrews eleven twenty seven, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Fear should never be the motivation of, 
our choices, but rather obedience to the informed wisdom, that is to say, Bible doctrine in the soul. Satan wants us to fear death. Oh, yes. Accordingly, God has provided many scriptures encouraging courage. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, for example, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, that is Christ, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free all those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. The dissolution of our life on earth, death, should never be feared. John Bunyan said it this way, quoting now, Let dissolution come when it will. It can do the Christian no harm, for it will be but a passage out of a prison into a place, a palace, out of a sea of troubles, into a haven of rest, out of a crowd of enemies to an innumerable company of true, loving, and faithful friends, out of shame and reproach and contempt, into exceeding great and eternal glory. This should be our attitude, even if or when we are blessed to serve our country in battle. When it is your time, you will die, and not a minute before then. John 8, 1, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, Neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise. Go up to the city of Ai. See, I have given you into the hand of the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more tomorrow, or forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8, And the Lord, he is, that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priest the sons of Levi, which bear the ark, and unto the elders of Israel. Isaiah repeated it in essence, Fear not, for I am with thee. 
be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they shall strive with thee. They that do strive against thee shall perish. The promise of Psalm 4 verse 8 helps to overcome unhealthy fear and anxiety. Fears are often magnified in the closet of the night. Nocturnal nocturnal fears, however, seem to strengthen as dawns at dawn's first light. Psalm 4 verse 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Psalm 34 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Solomon, in his old age, said, Old folks often lose their usefulness, for they are full of fear. Notice Ecclesiastes 12, 1, reading through verse 5. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when men are afraid of heights and dangers in the street, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags himself along and desires no longer is and desire is no longer stirred, then man goes to his eternal home. David, I hate to say this, but that's me. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 5. But uh, it's going to come on all of us one of these days. That's right. All right. Point 10 in our lesson plan. For the child of God, whether young or old, must remember there is joy in the morning. For in his service there is life abundant. And then Psalm 30, verse 5. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. Amen. Thank you again for listening to us. Uh, Good lesson. Really spoke to us today. Fear is a tough thing. The fear of the Lord, on the other hand, is a good thing. Amen. Pastor Merrick, could you close us in a prayer? Father, we're grateful for the privilege.
<coughs> of recognizing that the only thing we shall fear is fear itself, said a president of the United States one time. And certainly we find it in this lesson. Fear is something that we do not need to fear because we have the Lord God of the universe on our side and he ruleth forever and ever. I ask these things in Jesus' name and I ask that you would, if you've not already believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, follow David's admonishments that he's going to give you. Now's the time to do that. All right, David. Anyone within the sound of our voice, please, at this time, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, no better time than right now. No reason to fear the night and look for morning coming. Be safe and secure in the Lord's care. Look forward to having you again next time, and as always, so long. Strong men stoop when the grinders cease <laughs> because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim. Glasses, when the doors of the street are closed and the sound fades, you can't hear anymore. No more listen to the birds. All the songs grow faint. When men are afraid of heights and dangers in the street, when the almond tree tree blossoms and the grasshoppers drag himself along <laughs> and desire no longer is stirred. Oh, brother. That hit Pastor Merritt so much in the breadbasket and we got done and he had to read it again. Thought you'd enjoy it. See you next week.